Olivia Neely is a functional fertility dietitian with a focus on women's hormone health and fertility. She is trained in functional nutrition, which dives deeper into the often overlooked causes of infertility and provides customized diet, lifestyle, and supplement changes in order to help couples everywhere get pregnant naturally. She is passionate about getting couples better answers that take the stress out of fertility challenges, all while promoting better health in both partners and their future family. So great to have you, Olivia. Can you let everybody know where they can find you online? Thank you. It's great to be here. And yes, I am mainly on Instagram at infertility.nutrition. That's where I put most of my focus. I like kind of just channeling it on, on one thing. And then also my website, which is www.letsgetrealrd, as in registereddietitian.com. That's great. And yeah, it's, I love that Libby teaches focusing on one thing, which is that Instagram page. And you don't have to have a website. You don't have to have 8 million outlets to find people. It's like, you can find me on Instagram. Yeah. It's definitely something that's kind of counterintuitive at first. When you get started, you think I need to be everywhere and be on all the platforms. And so that was something with Libby's course right away. That was really just took a lot of weight off my shoulders. Because I realized, okay, if you do one thing and you do it well, then that's really all you need. And it's so much better than doing a whole bunch of things not very well. <laughs> Truly, yes. <laughs> Which I tried. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all dabbled. And it's like, yeah, even just for insanity, it's, it's just streamlining is best. So I love your bio. Can you tell me a little bit more about your nutrition philosophy? Yeah, so my nutrition philosophy is really one of, I think, that fits a lot of people. It's inclusive. It's not about taking out or removing a lot of foods or being scared of foods or finding the perfect diet because that does not exist. And I've really began to understand that with a functional approach, which is what I am trained in, that it's about bringing in, actually, in a lot of cases, bringing in specific nutrients, bringing in specific things in a person's unique story to really help fill in the gaps and help them complete their puzzle, in this case, in, in my specialty to fertility. So I think it's really kind of a breath of fresh air for a lot of people because when they think they're going to work with a dietitian, they think, all right, well, I better eat all the foods now that I'm not going to be allowed to eat going forward. But it's really not the case. So true. Like, I better eat everything delicious because tomorrow it's lettuce only. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what people imagine. And I think after, that's why I also love the um, discovery call as the first point of contact with people because they just get an idea about like, okay, this isn't about going on a quote unquote diet or removing all the pleasurable things in my diet or, or taking all the foods I like. It's actually about healing from a deeper place. And I'm sure you also display that in Instagram posts and stories. Like, I'm not the food police. You can enjoy your life. Truly. Yep. Yep. And that's just, especially with fertility and many things when we're talking about uh, health and, and dietetics in many aspects, it's like, that's one last thing that people need to stress about is finding that perfect diet or food solution or plan. That's not going to help anything, no matter what your goals are, weight loss, fertility, digestive issues, you know, stress is something that's at a root cause of all of that. So take that off, the, off their plate. I love it. So you mentioned functional, and I think a lot of us have heard that term. 
can you tell me a little bit more about what that means to you? Like what, what did you do to become a functional dietitian and what is functional dietetics all about? Yeah, so I like to say that functional dietetics is a really a bridge between kind of traditional dietetics is what we're learning traditional medicine or, or kind of Western medicine or allopathic medicine, and more of a integrative or whole body approach. So it's kind of a, a bridge between those two. We look at the whole body, how it's connected, how systems are connected and interplay with each other. But we also use you know, targeted supplementation, and we work on, you know, figuring out environmental factors that may be influencing someone's situation, genetics, all these things come into play. So it's not just looking at what is on the end of someone's fork, it's really looking at the whole person and the whole picture. And I actually, you know, I I kind of grew up with functional nutrition, in a sense, and didn't even realize it. It's just kind of how I was raised. And when I went to undergrad to pursue nutrition, I kind of got into the classes and thought, this is not what I really thought nutrition was, you know, it's just kind of different than what I was anticipating and, and, and what my, you know, my mom kind of innately taught me growing up. And then I kind of researched a little bit and found that, you know, nutrition is different. There's, there's different Uh, paths in nutrition, right? There's different philosophies. And I found functional nutrition. And so ever since then, those, I think my sophomore year, I kind of found that and I just decided I would do whatever it took to get into into functional nutrition after I did what I needed to do and got my RD and all that. And so I kept uh, pursuing it and learning and then eventually applied for a position at a functional medicine practice. And that was, that was it. Uh, I really just fell into that groove. I loved the philosophy and how uh, nutrition applied to everyone in a unique way. And then eventually I got certified through IFNCP, which is integrative and functional nutrition care practitioner. That's the, that's the, credentials. It's if not is the agency. And then just eventually kept going and decided that fertility and women's health was where I was really passionate about. So yeah, that's kind of my story. That's great. So if someone was interested in learning more about becoming a functional dietitian or learning about what that's like, what would you recommend to start out? Or is, is there a book or would you go to that website? I would definitely check out IFNA, Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy, and also DIFM, which is Dietitians and Integrative and Functional Medicine. And they're both through the academy. You know, the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics is really reaching out and kind of broadening and including this now, which has kind of been a, a little bit tricky in the past. And so both those are really reputable places to begin. I was actually on the board of DIFM for uh, a little bit, and, and it's a great organization. So definitely support DIFM and IFNA. That is great. And it is fun to see. Um, I think a lot of us that are listening to this podcast and just working as dietitians who uh, are open-minded have been a little bit scared in the past of some of these more holistic and alternative types of recommendations that are science-based, but we were afraid of being judged by other dietitians. And it is so cool to see the academy getting on board with um, these groups and 
to work with Libby and find out that there's so many other dietitians who have just a wide variety of acceptance for all the different views we may have on nutrition. Yes, totally. Yeah, it's been a really great evolution to see within the academy, to be honest. I actually, in my undergrad years and kind of right in the beginning of my professional career as a dietitian, I did not renew my eighth membership to the academy because it was so it was so divided. And I was just like, I, I don't, I can't really support that knowing that I, you know, I kind of have this passion here, but it's really been awesome. And that's, it's a really great thing to be able to kind of team, team together and band together and really unite as dietitians, no matter what your philosophy is, but it is all science-based. It is all, it does help that research. You can feel confident, especially using those resources I mentioned. So exciting. Thank you. Great, great tips. And really sounds like fun stuff to look into. Definitely. So how do you approach goals in your business? You know, I have a weird relationship with goals. Yeah, I think I've decided to do goals month by month. And I know some people, you know, I've read books where it's a three month goal, a quarterly goal, you know, a yearly goal, of course, having that, you know, broad goal, five year goal, you know, a general plan is great, but I found for myself that a monthly goal is really just kind of achievable. It's in the moment. I don't lose track of why I'm aiming for that. And so I do set a financial goal at the beginning of the month, obviously depends on how last month went and even my personal life, you know, like what's going on in my personal life, which is really great about running your own business is you can really take that into account too. And so, yeah, I set small achievable goals. And I know Libby is a big fan of the smart goal system, which I kind of, you know, forgot about, to be honest. And then when she had that in her program, I was like, it is really smart. Who would have thought? But yeah, it's a really great, that acronym and the smart goal making process, I think is wonderful. Can you remind everyone what the smart goal is? Yes, the SMART goal, the acronym is super helpful because it's just a good way to really keep that either long-term or short-term goal in sight. And SMART is specific, so making sure your goals are specific and narrow enough for really effective, you know, kind of planning. Measurable, you want to make sure that you're able to measure them. Attainable, right? This is something that I think a lot of people get caught up with goal setting is they make these huge goals they're not really attainable and then you get frustrated relevant and then time-based so actually like realistic having an end date time-based so that would be the the smart goal acronym explained great and it's something that a lot of us help our clients with and then we kind of forget about it when it comes to our business we're just like i just want to provide value and people will show up and it will all work out magically. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yes. And I, and I appreciate you kind of wanting to focus on sometimes long-term goals do seem a little daunting or it can make you almost sad if you don't reach them or you don't really know kind of what to expect in the first year. They say when you're growing a business, like it's you ex- you kind of hope for more than what actually happens in the first year, but in the first five years, just miraculous things happen. So I like your idea of focusing on small short-term goals month by month, just to see, just to make yourself more happy and calm. 
Yeah. And I think it just depends on your personality. I'm kind of like, do it, you know, it's just see how things go. I'm actually not super regimented as a lot of dietitians are. And so I kind of, and you know, a lot of things that are trained for dietitians and like a guidance for them, that's how it is. And, and I kind of just have to break it apart and make it my own. And just like anything else, you just got to find out what works for you. And starting my own business, I had no clue what was happening from month to month, to be honest, a lot of times. I was just flying by the seat of my pants. Now, in my second year, I feel much more grounded, especially, you know, after doing certain courses, even like Libby's course. And so, you know, having that month-long goal has just been, I think, pretty appropriate. I love it. And I also love that you pointed out when you own your own business, you can make goals surrounding like what you want your life to look like, your ideal week or kind of goals around how much time do I want to spend with my family and you can revamp if your life's not going the way you wanted. You can shift gears and how can I make this work better so I have a work-life balance and enjoy my life. 100%. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And so if we lose sight of, I mean, that's a goal to not lose sight of is that work-life balance because that's why most of us become our own bosses to begin with. And so, yeah, it's an important one to always have in the mix. So can you talk about your journey with starting and growing your business? Yeah. So I feel like, well, I started my business in January of 2019. So I'm almost two years in and I still feel like every day is a journey and, you know, I'm learning so much. And at first I kind of thought that was not a good thing. I kind of thought like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Every month is something new. Every week is something new. Who am I to think that I could do this? And then I really turned it around and started to see the beauty in that. And it just really was a huge mind shift to say, you know, it's okay to have one month look totally different than the other or completely change something or think something was, you know, what you needed, but it wasn't. So I think the journey of having my own business is just one of some grace, like extending grace to myself as I learn and grow and really just having fun with the process. But also, you know, I mean, Instagram, like this was a big lesson for me in business ownership, I think is the course with Libby, like treating Instagram like a profit making machine rather than just posting something here and there like I used to do or, you know, just posting a picture of a recipe or whatever it is and just saying, oh, I hope, you know, maybe I'll get some clicks. Like actually doing that and going through the that course with Libby was huge because it took one solid thing for me and was like, okay, this is my, this is my piece that I'm going to use from month to month. This will be a foundational piece and I'm going to treat it like a main core piece of my business and then kind of build around that build around how my time you know allotment in the day needed to make sure that that was a priority how my content how even yeah just everything really kind of built around that which was nice to have one solid piece amongst many other revolving and ever-changing pieces I love it so you're very, very clear about who you serve. What ultimately allowed you to get clear on your niche and ideal client? Yeah, this was terrifying to do. I think this, this is something that a lot of people struggle with, and I myself was definitely one of them. I think, you know, you think niching down, you're going to exclude other people and let people out and not reach, you know, as many people as you may want to. But I think what allowed me to finally do it was having that confidence that there are 
you know, when you're talking to one person, you know, you're really directing your message to that one avatar or, or person that you're imagining, then it's a much stronger message, right? Instead of diluting it and trying to reach a little bit of everyone, you want to be talking to one person and have them just feel like, oh my goodness, yes, that is, that's me, right? She's talking right to me. And I'm, when I started to trust the process and going through Libby's course and just kind of saying, okay, you know, just like I mentioned before, it's okay to try something. And if it doesn't work, whatever, we'll try something else next month. So I tried that. And the first couple of times I heard someone, you know, when they book a discovery call with me and they would actually say that they would say, it felt like you were talking right to me. I was like, light bulb moment. Oh my gosh, it actually works, right? Like that's what I've been trying to do. And so once you get that, I think first couple, you know, affirmations of that and just like people really confirming that that is what they want to hear, then there's no turning back. It's like, okay, niching, niching does work and niching is what I need to continue with. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's difficult to take that leap, but once you do and get that confirmation from people, it's just huge. So good. Just so good that when you get that first idea of who you're speaking to and it makes it easier to speak to them and then you get confirmation that they tell you like I knew you were speaking exactly to me it's so it's marketing genius and I'm hearing you say that Libby's program is kind of what's helped you really get more specific and niche down oh yeah totally and it was just the structure that she provided within the program it wasn't just you know i would listen to other podcasts and listen to other marketing episodes and they would mention it and be like okay cool i'll think about it you know maybe sometime but i know that may not work you know you kind of like talk yourself out of it but the structure that libby provided in her program with the modules and you're it's reaffirming it really and and then the activities that you do that really just make that part of your your process it makes it easier to apply and to understand, right? Because you're not going to do something you don't understand. And then, yeah, it just builds. It's just a snowball effect. And I think for my confidence, it was really big. I think, you know, a lot of people can um, probably relate to that as new business owners. Like, well, who am I to be doing this? What do I really know? You know, that imposter syndrome that a lot of us deal with. And then getting that, you know, feedback from clients and, and on those discovery calls and even in your comments and things like that, like it just continues to grow and evolve. And, and so, yeah, it's a risk that's well worth taking. And yeah, it just, again, there's no negative to it. You just you'll feel better about the offer you're providing, that you are the expert, that you can help these people and that they see what you're providing as a benefit to them. And it's, it's big. A couple of great points that one, you can kind of play it like a game. You're not marrying the niche. You're, you can just try it out and see if you enjoy it and see if it fits and see if you're connecting with the clients and enjoying working with those clients. And then once you find out that you really are enjoying what you're doing, it makes it so much more easy and fun to connect with the people and to be the expert and feel confident in it. Like we all know, we've all probably tried to be the expert in all things nutrition. And then we get a client that has kidney failure and we haven't done that in three years. And it's, oh my gosh, I have to look up kidney failure. And you feel like kind of a 
I felt like a little bit of a imposter, but now that I'm focused in on what I do, I can confidently help my clients with hormone balance and weight loss. Whereas if someone comes to me with kidney failure, I'm going to find a dietitian who specializes in kidney failure and pass that person along. You got it. I, I was actually just talking to my husband the other day about this. And I said, you know, it used to be really kind of a shot to my ego. And I think, you know, whenever someone would ask me, even if we're at a dinner party and someone asked me some random thing about nutrition that I did not, you know, it could be about, who knows, you know, like you said, renal or TPN or like anything. And I'm like, oh yeah, stumbling, trying to find an answer. Like, you know, I'm not really sure, but I want to try to act like I know. And now I, if someone asks me something that's outside of that, I can confidently just say, you know, that's an interesting question, but that's not really where I specialize or where I focus, but you know, maybe you could look here or something. And I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel like it's, you know, something that I should have known or, you know, uh, wow, I I should really know everything because it's impossible. And it's just a lot of burden to carry around. So yeah, niching helps that a lot. And it really makes it easy for people to refer to you. Like if someone comes to me with fertility issues, I now know you, I can say, you know, I don't specialize in fertility, but I know someone who does. And so, and another great thing about Libby's program is you're connecting with all these dietitians and just kind of following along with Libby and following the people that, you know, you find might be of interest to you with topics, you know that you're referring to a dietitian who's qualified and motivated to help people in a specific niche. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even after Libby's program, there's dietitians that when in our group, we still refer to each other. And it's awesome. I just had a referral last month from a dietitian, and she specializes in women's health, even fertility, but she's more HA, which is hypothalamic amenorrhea. So women that are missing their periods or having irregular cycles, she helps them to get that back. But there's a lot in the world of fertility, right? It's not, it can just be periods, but it can be other issues with uh, hormone health or uh, sperm health or, or uterine environment in general. So, so she referred out and, and I actually had two people that I said, you know what? It sounds like you have HA. Like, you know, I can't obviously diagnose you, but I would actually talk to Lindsay because that's what she focuses on. You don't need this whole thing that I'm doing. Talk to Lindsay. And so just meeting people through Livy's program has been a really awesome referral network really as well. Yay. Amazing. So now you're so clear. How do you use Instagram to market and sell? Yeah. You know, so Instagram, like I said, it's definitely been this evolving machine that's that's remained a great constant in um, my marketing and selling. It's really the main place where I get people coming in from. And I think, you know, I'm still playing around and trying to find my groove, but really it all comes back to the platform that we learned with Libby and understanding what exactly your clientele is looking for, talking to them, answering one simple question. And I think the main thing for me that I learned and continue to apply is simplify things. So this has really been, I tend to over, I think, complicate a lot of things and and try to get in all this medical information or nutrition information. And really, it's just about talking their language and really just connecting. And I think that's been a huge thing for me. I try to post consistently. 
even that, I mean, you know, this last month, I've had a lot of family things going on and had to do a lot of traveling because of that. And so, you know, I was always aiming for five to six times a week. And unfortunately, you know, I just couldn't do that. And I kind of felt, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, now all this is going to go to waste. I'm going to ruin it all. Like, you know, it's kind of terrible, but I can't, I don't really have a choice. And the amazing thing was that by reusing content and just reposting old content and remaining active on Instagram stories, that my message still remained consistent, even though it wasn't five to six times a week. And I, last month I had, well, yeah, just last month, because today's the first, I had the best month that I've had ever. And so I was just blown away. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Like I wasn't even as active as I normally am, but I had the best month yet. And I think it's just relying on the foundational pieces that Libby teaches. And it's just that simple message. Don't be afraid to reuse content. I reposted other people's things and, and obviously you tag them and do all the, the appropriate things. And during that month, that was very busy for me with family things. And I thought, oh, you know, this is kind of a cop out, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's not though. Like it's, it's not, you're still providing valuable information. And so that was a really great lesson for me. And if you're consistent with your message, then you don't have to be perfect with it. And you don't have to do it six times a week, every week on the dot, people will still see it and they'll still connect with it. And so that was a really great lesson for me. I love that. So basically you consistently were providing value. Sometimes you were reposting from others appropriately, of course, acknowledging mm -hmm. them, but realizing like you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to repost all this stuff from other people. No one's going to like me anymore. Yep. <laughs> Six times a week. Everything's gone. All my work is, is for nothing, but you stayed consistent. You provided value and you showed up in your stories and you had your best month. Yeah. So, yeah. It was wild. I was just, I couldn't believe it. And uh, so, yeah, it was really great. And now I'm just thinking, okay, so if I go back to a month that I am putting that energy and time into it and commitment, I mean, this month I'm pretty much, I'm really looking forward to it. So we'll see what happens. So great. So great tips. Uh, now that is a few tips for creating content. Do you have any other tips for your process for creating Instagram content? Yeah. One, my favorite tip I think is just do, I do like having a personal photo on there. I think that's part of Libby's style, show your face, of course. Right. And so that was something I initially had to kind of like get over. And I think a lot of us do, which I think is why that hashtag is so powerful is because we can see other dietitians putting their face out there and, and really showing up. So once I got over that kind of issue of showing my face, I try to do a little photo shoot like once a month where it's kind of hard, you know, now because, you know, working from home, I don't like to put real pants on and I just like don't want to put makeup on. But once a month, you know, obviously I do probably more than once a month for other reasons, but at least once a month I will do a little photo shoot and I just have a little standalone light and, you know, put on a cute outfit and make sure I, I feel comfortable in the way I look and get some photos for that month or even the next month, depending on you know how many I have, and get those for posts. And that has been a huge game changer because then I'm not 
just fly, you know, just last minute. Oh, what am I going to do? Uh, I don't really have any new photos. I don't like this one, whatever. You always have a stash of photos and then Canva is your best friend, you know, taking the background off there and just creating simple images uh, or, or text to surround that image is huge. So I would say just like embrace it, do a little monthly photo shoot, and then you have those photos for your posts coming up. That's been a huge, a huge one for me. That's a great tip, kind of batching the process, which is make yourself look cute. We all are kind of like not putting on your makeup. So do it every now and then and then have fun with a photo shoot on your own and kind of batching that work so that then you have all these pictures, you remove the background and you're kind of ready to go when you need quick content, just grab the photo and run. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can really kind of have text, put text to any sort of photos you're doing, or if you have ideas of, you know, that's a great thing too about when you get going is you may have a little idea about, you know, what you want to be doing in the photo. You could just be sitting there, you could be giving a thumbs up, you could be pointing and then have, you know, text boxes to where you're pointing and, you know, your arms crossed as a big no or, you know, whatever it is. And then, you know, you have a lot of inspiration for, for some good messages. Yes, I love it. Showing your personality, getting funny in there, just having a great time with it, getting silly. <laughs> Definitely. I think that's a great point you mentioned is just having fun with it, number one. And I think people want to see your personality and people want to see, they want to see, and I think what I like about that is that when people get on the phone with me for the discovery call, it's almost like they're then putting a personality voice to that personality face that they saw right and it's like then the whole picture just comes together and that this is Olivia this is who I will or will not work with and it's just kind of a good yeah I think it just is brings brings your whole personality into your brand it's funny I've had people on calls say wow you look just like you do on Instagram (laughs) like (laughs) Like, yeah (laughs) that's me (laughs) Like they think it's going to be an online dating where I look totally different from. (laughs) That's funny. Like a catfish. Right. (laughs) So you are great at content. Have you had any struggles getting clients from Instagram? And if so, how did you turn that around? Yeah. I mean, I think the beginning, whenever I wasn't taking it seriously, I definitely, you know, it's just like, well, this may not work. This kind of seems too good to be true, you know, free advertising. And, you know, other people I talk with, my brother-in-law is also in functional medicine. He's a physician assistant. And, you know, he's like, how much you spend a month on advertising? I'm like, well, this month I didn't spend any, you know, because I'm just doing Instagram how much did you spend? He's like, Oh, $2,000, you know, like you've got to get out there. You've got to do that. I'm like, maybe I do. I don't know. We're going to see how this goes. And yeah, I mean, and when I took it more seriously, posted more consistently, got my message down, it was just really evident that you really don't have to pay anything and still get leads. And if you're not, then I think it's a good time to just take a moment of pause and just think, and, and Libby's really good about this in the program. She's like, okay, you know, you send in your post, you kind of dissect it, see what's going on, make sure that you're addressing your target audience, make sure that you're providing value, make sure you're answering their, their main pain point and building that no trust and like factor. And when you kind of just boil back down to those foundational pieces, you're like, okay, yeah, I could do that. I could do this better. Absolutely. You must tweak this or whatnot. And that's just all part of the learning process, you know? 
So I think it's just a matter of keeping an open mind. I think if we get stuck to the idea of like, and this is, you know, something I think all of us can see in clients when they come in, it's like clients that think they're doing everything right. Clients that, you know, don't see how they can change anything because they're eating perfectly. They know all that they need to do. Why aren't they hitting their goals? We also can kind of get stuck in that. It's like, yeah, but I'm posting every day. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm, you know, my message is clear. Why isn't it working? It's like, well, there's always something, right? So keep an open mind. Don't think you're doing everything perfect all the time and really keep evolving your message. I think that's big. Don't get stuck. Such great advice. Everyone rewind and re-listen to all of that because it's such great advice. And it also made me think, instead of spending money on paying people to market for you, consider investing in a program like Libby's program where she'll teach you to do it and then it's free forever once you learn how to do it. A hundred percent. I think that's so important. Yeah. And then you feel confident and you feel connected to your people. And when they're, you get them on the phone, you know why they're calling. You know, you know, if you ask them even, you know, how do they find you? And they say Instagram, you probably know it was the last couple posts that resonated with them, right? So you already know a little bit about them and why they're reaching out. And it's just, I think it's really important to really bring it all together. So with respect to your actual offer, what has been the biggest challenge and what has been easier than you expected? Oh, okay. So my offer, I would say the challenging part is pricing in general, you know, figuring out how to price it to make sure that I'm confident in saying that price come the end of the discovery call and, and saying it with confidence. And so that's, you know, for a while I was going back and forth on pricing and now I feel really, really good about what I'm offering for the price I'm offering it for. And Something I thought that was easier than anticipated with my offer, I think is, and this may seem silly because I think it's probably the first thing that a lot of people may feel confident in, but I think just delivering what my offer entails, right? Like the confidence in knowing that when someone signs on and they pay that, that money and that, that program fee, that it's not as though I have to then figure out what to do to make their money worth it. I know that my offer is worth what I priced it for and that I can deliver that. And at the end of the program, people feel really empowered about their fertility and that they have learned so much that they would not have learned elsewhere. So I think, you know, I was really nervous about that in the beginning, but now that's really something that is one of the best parts of this whole thing. That's such a common thing, actually. I think when a dietitian is newly starting a business and they are making an offer, they may not, one, have a lot of experience with these clients, so they aren't super confident that they can deliver the goods, which the more clients you see and the more you help them, the more confident you get. And it's easier to make that offer. And also the more clear on exactly what you're offering you get. I, you know, it's going to take this many sessions or we're going to do a group and it looks like this. And that makes the discovery calls easier. It makes the confidence more, or the clients more confident in what you're offering. It makes you feel more confident. It's great advice. Awesome. Yeah. How do you approach sales now versus when you started your business? So the biggest thing I think that is different with how I approach sales is the number of offerings I have 
when I started with Libby, I had three program options because I read somewhere else, three options, small, medium, big, right? Like that's the way to go. I had them on my website, you know, I would always on the phone call. And then this was part of the issue with my confidence is when I got to the end of the discovery call, I thought, yeah, there's no way someone's going to pay the, that, the large package price. So I'm going to go somewhere in the middle and I would kind of cop out. And, and now I just took out, I think, um, actually I've, I've taken out basically the other two offers. Sometimes I'll throw in the little ball offer if someone's like not a good fit, but I have the main package. That's what I know well. And it's simplified everything. I'm confident in that price, as I mentioned before. And I'm not in my mind, you know, wimping out or kind of, yeah, thinking that they won't take that program offer. So simplifying the number of offers helped me with sales tremendously. Such a great thing that Libby teaches. And it's so hard for so many of us to wrap our brain around, but it really does help clients, even when I still was resisting and trying to offer like this or this, people were like, I don't know which one to pick. And it would just really freeze them up. Yes, totally. And then, yeah, you're putting on them and then they're confused about what they should offer. So it's really our role to be confident in knowing what is going to help them the most. And it doesn't mean that, oh, you just sell someone your biggest package because that's what, you know, it's going to bring you in the most income. It's if you know that that's going to help them, then that's what's going to help them. And that's what they need. And so be confident in providing that value. That is great advice. Thank you for that. Can you talk about money, how much you've made and what's your next monthly goal? With money, you know, this is always, I think, definitely not my strong suit to talk like finances. This is definitely something as a business owner that I am working on right consciously. And a lot of uh, books that Libby has recommended have been super helpful. And, but in regards to my monthly profit, it was my goal. Actually, I started with Libby in May of 2020 and my goal was to earn 5,000 in revenue from May to July and then 8,000 in revenue from August to October. And I actually hit in that 5,000 a month goal from May to July when working with Libby, I exceeded 5,000 every month. I was six, eight, and then six again. And then since then, August and September, I've actually reached the $8,000 goal. And September had actually doubled it, which was really surprising again, because I wasn't doing Instagram as often as I normally did, but I explained, you know, just staying consistent. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep increasing that goal. My next goal would really be to consistently make 10,000. And so ultimately, you know, I think my long-term, I did set a long-term money goal. Actually, when I first, when I started with Libby, because she is, you know, she does challenge you to make a short-term and a long-term. And I'm looking at mine right now. And my long-term goal was to earn 80,000 per year. And so I'm well on my way, which is really amazing. And something that I thought that was a pretty lofty goal. And I guess that's why, you know, it can be pretty helpful to set some of those yearly goals too, even just one. But yeah, so that those monthly goals I've achieved every month and I'm on par to hit that yearly goal. 
Earl, you're on par to be a six-figure dietitian. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, it's really just looking back on that um, is really shows how far I've come in. Before I started with Libby, I was not making 5000 a month at all. I was in one, two. My highest month was 3000 And then it's just consistently gone up. That is so inspiring. It's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild to think that it's actually possible. And uh, I think the, the cool thing too, you know, is uh, especially in my business, I don't have a lot of monthly expenses. I kind of pride myself in my personal life too. I actually pride myself in keeping those pretty low. I think that's been something Libby actually challenges to do this too. Like think about our finances in our view of finances as they've been instilled in us from a young age, right? Sometimes a lot of times, most times there's a really strong correlation there. And so my money philosophy that was instilled in me was always, you know, spend less, you know, do not spend, do not be a big spender. There's not a lot to spend. Don't be frivolous. And so I do have that mindset still, but it's really cool to see that Libby was actually the most expensive investment that I made in my business. And to see the growth that has happened since that investment in my business and in myself, which is again, kind of against my nature, it's really a big learning opportunity for me to see that, hey, when you do invest in yourself, then you just get that back twofold or threefold. So yeah, it's really neat. That is so exciting. What advice would you give someone starting out? Definitely just start. Just don't set perfection aside and don't even use that mentality. You're just putting a cap. You're, you're stunting your growth if you think that everything's got to be perfect before you start. I think this is something a lot of dietitians can relate to and that idea of imposter syndrome, right? You're not alone that's a real thing. It's got a real name for a reason. Read some books, follow some people that are inspirational with that and kind of calling that out. And don't forget that your personal growth is just as important as your growth in the business. And actually maybe even, you know, equally as important because it's just going to reflect in your business growth. So yeah, you just got to go. You, you got to go for it. You got to start somewhere. And before long, you might be thinking, why didn't I do this earlier? Yay, absolutely. And you have provided so much value here in this podcast. I can't wait to re-listen to it myself. What is next for you and your business? You know, I think what's next is ending out this year. I'm excited to really just keep this not only consistency from month to month, but the growth from month to month going. And I think next year will bring, you know, I don't know what that is yet, but I kind of told myself that, Hey, and I guess this is another long-term goal I made. I'm so proud of myself. I made a goal that like once a year I will do an investment in myself. So, and this is actually probably from Libby. But so I don't know what that is yet, you know, ending the year out now, I'll be thinking about how in 2021, I want to invest in myself and my business again. And so I'm super excited about that. And yeah, we'll see where that takes me and how that continues to give back to my business growth. I love that mindset shift. That's so clear that really is obviously staying with you that you are worth investing in and the investment actually can pay off and make a big difference. 
Yes, totally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's even weird to hear someone else say, you know, cause I think we're so used to hearing people say like, you're worth it. Like you invest in yourself. You are. And I think sometimes we even get a little callous to that. And it's almost until we, we actually do it. And then we see that, oh yeah. I, okay. I actually get it that then it really hits home and it's like, okay, yeah, this will be something that I need to continue to do. It's clearly working. So yeah, it's huge. You don't know until you do it and you see that outcome though. That's why just getting started is really important. I love it. You are amazing. And tell everyone where they can find you again online. Yes. So check me out on Instagram, infertility.nutrition. And my website is let's get real rd as in registered dietitian.com and uh, lots of fun stuff up on there and i look forward to seeing you on social and yeah reach out if you have any questions great and i can't wait to follow your journey and refer fertility people to you and it was so nice to meet you thank you rebecca thanks for spending time it was awesome if you identify as a female dietitian or student apply to my coaching program I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.